This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Abner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They chat about topics such as the state of boxing, Abner's American dream, being a husband and a girl dad, and much, much more. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. But we are over halfway through this college football season with the Big Ten in the Mountain West starting this week. Welcome back to Prospects 101, the show where we break down football prospects from all levels, talking high school prospects, college transfers, college recruiting, NFL prospects, and the NFL draft. As always, Prospects 101 is brought to you by our great partners and supporters of the show, Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. Remember, you can always interact with Prospects 101 on social media. That's at Prospects 101 Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, always posting all of our content throughout the week. But the gang is back together as I am joined by both my co-hosts, Kenny and Pastel. After a couple weeks' break, we are we're we're back to preview week eight. How's it going, fellas? A lot better now that I'm not, uh, you know, hitting 116 on my my 18 holes of golf. I can actually focus on something I'm good at, and that's talking <laughs> from college football. Yeah, we heard about that. So, how did you keep up with the games if you were golfing all weekend? Well, I mean, so Saturday, so we, we golf Friday afternoon, and then Saturday pretty much was all watching college football. We did a little mini golf oh, nice. at the, in the afternoon, but honestly, the whole day I was watching college football. Nice. And yeah, Sunday, thank God for again a smartphone so I can watch Red Zone, but. I was able to watch most of the, most football Saturday. But before we get into the big news, since you weren't on the show on on Sunday, Pasto, Sunday. did you have any quick hot takes from what you saw on Saturday? Kind of what you say, kind of glossing like Notre Dame wasn't as strong as I thought they were. I, I thought Notre Dame was a legit top five team in the nation, and they are who we thought they were. Now they're number three, by the way. Just right, and, and that makes sense, just based off they're undefeated, and there's not any big teams, Big Ten teams playing yet. So I think that number – I think they fall pretty quickly, though, if they have another – they, even if they win into a close game, I think they fall pretty quickly, and I think the likes of Penn State, Ohio State, 
even Michigan, if they can beat Minnesota this, this, this week, I think they all jump up there in the top eight. So Notre Dame scares a little, a little bit. Uh, Virginia Tech, Hendon Hooker needs to be a starting quarterback, obviously. But I think the most underrated, the most underrated thing about Virginia Tech's team right now is that might be the best offensive line in college football. Like every week you look at pro football focus and it's a new offensive lineman, a different offensive lineman, whether it's Darisol, whether it's Nestor, whether it's a couple other guys that it's like the, the top offensive lineman of the week has been like three different Virginia Tech offensive linemen so far. It's just unbelievable what that team does up front. Yeah, certainly, no doubt about it. I was extremely impressed with what Virginia Tech brought against Boston College. They've really dominated in every game offensively so far this season. Really, it's the defense that let them down against North Carolina, or they may be undefeated at this point. So I agree with you that, especially with Notre Dame, things could uh, shift pretty quickly, especially, guys, and this is a great uh, segue, big news of the week, top news of the week, but we talked about it Sunday. The Big Ten and the Mountain West are back, guys. What are you most excited about this weekend watching those two conferences kick off? I mean, obviously, like any fan, I'm really excited for the Big the Big Ten to be back. I mean, you've got Ohio State. You've got a, another potential playoff contender in Penn State. You've got Michigan, who's good for nine or ten wins a season. You've got Minnesota coming off one of their best Seasons of all time, Wisconsin, an annual Rose Bowl contender. So, you know, like any fan, the easy answer is probably Big Ten. But I'm really excited for the Mountain West. One, because it means now on the East Coast, we get games at 1030 on a Saturday night that start at 1030. So I'm really excited about that because it's truly college football all day and night now for us East Coasters. But there's a lot of talent in that division. San Diego State has a lot of talent coming back on defense. Brady Hoke's coaching again as the head coach at San Diego State. You've got Colorado State with their new head coach, and Steve Adazio, and, and an NFL prospect like Warren Jackson. You've got Boise, who's, you know, Boise. I mean, you've got a lot of talent and a lot of new coaching in the Mountain West. I think it could be a really fun conference to watch this year. Kenny, here's a hot take. I think Trey McBride, the tight end for Colorado State, will get drafted higher than Warren Jackson. Even though Warren Jackson is probably like six foot six 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 seven, complete playmaker, he looks like the next Plesko Burris out there. I think yeah. Trey McBride is a guy to keep your eye out on for uh, for Mountain West is probably the best tight end in that in that league. Yeah, what what I really like about both conferences being back because I agree with you. I, I always like Mountain West football. I always like watching San Diego State. Love watching Boise, but guys with the with the Big Ten back, I'm just excited about other prospects. Right, and, and I know that's weird to say, but anybody who listens to the show, uh, you know, dating all the way back to April, we've talked a lot about the same players, and especially the last seven weeks, a lot of these same players keep coming up and keep coming yep. up and kind of giving our analysis, which is which is great, right? Now we get to talk about some new blood. We get to talk about some Big Ten players. We get to talk about some Mountain West players. And in two weeks, we'll get to talk about some Pac-12 players as we get to see them in action. And that's really what I'm most excited about is to see these NFL prospects get out on the field because I was really nervous in August that we wouldn't get to see a Justin Fields on the field again. We wouldn't yeah. get to see a Rashad Bateman again. We wouldn't see a Shaka Tony again, right? We wouldn't get to see a lot of these great players that play in the Big Ten ever again, and we're just going off of their uh, the previous year's film. So I'm excited as as a, you know one of the members of the show, and I'm sure I can echo for you guys, that we get to see them on the field. And yep. we get to see what they're made of. And are they the real deal when it comes back, when it comes to next April? 
it, it's like a refresh for us. You know, we, we've seen the first couple, the first six, seven weeks um, of the same teams, and now we just get these, now we get two new conferences added in, and then two more in another couple weeks. And, and it's almost like Christmas. Like, I hope the college football season is never like this again. I hope we get a full, fresh start next year. Everybody starts at the same time. But what's unique about this season and what's kind of exciting almost is we've had college football, and now we get new players in the game this week. And it's like a whole new – like, it's a whole new thing, and there's more games on this weekend. And as a college football fan, I'm even more excited this week than I was opening weekend. So it's just – it's really it's really fun. You know what's got my brain all twisted up like a pretzel right now, Kenny, is the fact that we're going into our week eight preview, and it's week one for the, the for the Mac, <laughs> week one for the Big Ten. So like by the time this is all said and done, we're gonna be like, all right, our week sixteen preview. <laughs> like, That's right. And it's gonna be it's gonna be Ohio State seventh game of the year. It's gonna be completely weird. Now, two weeks is MAC, right? MAC and Pac-12, I think yep. they're on the same. Yeah, that's right. Correct. Yep, November 7th. Oh, sorry. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, let's get into our game day radar prospects that we are really excited in the upcoming week of games. And there's no shock. The you know, I think four of the five are Big 12 or Big 10 guys for me. Number one, love Justin Fields. No doubt about it. Going to be the second best quarterback in the NFL draft upcoming. He's going to play – a Nebraska team that, to be quite honest with you, Brandon, your brother's not going to like me saying this, but they should go in and score a ton of points against the Nebraska defense. Justin Fields, I'm anticipating him look fantastic. Again, is going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. Stoked to see what he can bring out here in 2020. Second guy's going to be Rashad Bateman, and there's a lot of great receivers coming out in this draft, right? Got uh, Jamar Chase, who's unfortunately not playing for LSU this year. I think. Um, you know, you got Waddle down to Alabama, and then uh, Devonta Smith, who could possibly take over Jamar Chase based on the season that he's having. And now we get a fourth wide receiver who a lot of people could think could also be a first-round pick in Rashad Bateman. He opens up against Illinois. Really excited to see, hey, was Minnesota for real last year? What can the Minnesota offense do to get the ball in the hands of their best player and a future potentially day one pick in Rashad Bateman. Uh, Shane Bichelli, quarterback for the SMU Mustangs. This is Dewar. Now we're going to see, is he made up what we think he is based on the season he is having? Shane Mm Bichelli is having an outstanding year for SMU, and it's going to be the toughest game on a schedule now. Now they play a really great Cincinnati defense, and can he tear them up like they've been tearing up the rest of his schedule? We're going to see what he's made up this weekend and if he's going to be an NFL prospect. I think we're going to see a lot from him this week. Uh, Shaka Tony, defensive end for Penn State. They play Indiana. Uh, We have talked about this guy every once in a while, but with uh, Micah Parsons opting out, Shaka Tony may be that second-best defensive player on the Penn State roster. What is he going to come out and do? Is he going to go out and dominate? Is he going to kind of pick up where Micah Parsons left off? I know they play different positions, but can he rush the passer? Can he play the run? Can he give offensive line fits? And we're going to see our first glimpse of him here in 2020. And then my fifth guy, Ladarius Washington, uh, plays safety for Oklahoma, really in the 4-2-5. It's called a rover, too deep safety, but he can go. He can play man coverage. He can do a lot. This is going to be his toughest test at TCU because they play Oklahoma. I don't know if they've named a starter for Oklahoma yet. I don't know if it's Rattler or Mordecai. Do you guys know? 
I'd yeah, imagine it's, it's Spencer Rattler. Yeah, because Spencer Rattler came in and finished off the game a lot. He got oh, that's finished, right. But he, yeah, but he and, came back and in, won. So. Yeah. That, that's right, yeah. So, again, Spencer Rattler, and, of course, Oklahoma always has great skill position guys. So, Ladarius Washington, if you want to be a first or second-day uh, second NFL draft pick, you're going to have to show up against probably the best competition you'll see all year. So, those are my five that I have. Pasto, who do you have on your five that you, you're most anxious to see from a prospect's perspective this Saturday? Yeah, so my, my guys started out with Letty Brown, the running back out of West Virginia. I mean, this guy's been nothing but stellar. He honestly is probably the only offensive weapon worth the crap on West Virginia right now. But West Virginia's 3-1, and one, and they're going in uh, against Texas Tech this week with the potential to be 4-1. and one. I mean, 4-1 and one in the Big 12, I mean, that, that, that's crazy. Like, they, they could be up there with the top two or three teams in the Big 12. So, Letty Brown, this guy has the fourth most rushing yards in the country at 515 yards. He's 5'11", 220. The, the thing with him is I think everyone knew he was a good prospect, knew a good high school recruit coming mm-hmm. out of high school. He just wasn't focused going into his freshman, sophomore years. Supposedly this offseason, he kind of refocused himself, got to know the offensive line a lot better, and it's proven dividends right now because he looks like a home run threat every time he touches the football. And when they were down to Kansas this past week, as soon as they were like, all right, let's get our best player involved, they completely blew up in that game and covered the spread in a matter of like one and a half, which was 21-point spread. And Letty Brown was the main reason for that. Next guy is Dax Milne. So BYU wide receiver, six foot for 190. Everyone talks about Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, right? Well, he's got to be throwing the football to somebody, right, that's worth the crap. Well, that's Dax Milne. And this guy, honestly, he was okay his first few years in college football, but right now he is on a on pace to have historical numbers. He's on pace to beat Austin Colley's uh, record, which is over 1,500 yards in one college football season for receiving yards. And, and, and he's just doing it with ease right now. Now, obviously, you know, Zach Wilson's a different type of quarterback. We all think he's probably a top five, six quarterback in the NFL draft next year. But mm-hmm. it, it helps having weapons like Dax Milne. So I'm extremely excited to see what he does this weekend because I want to talk more about the playmakers around Zach Wilson and figure out if it's all Zach Wilson or is it something to do with his playmaker. So my eyes going to be on Dax Mill this week and see how good if he can keep up this this type of historic season that he's having right now. The next guy is Ahmad Gardner, the cornerback for Cincinnati. If you remember, if you remember Derek Stingley, right, the best cornerback in college football last year as a true freshman, well, the other mm-hmm. true freshman that got first-team All-American, first-team All-Freshman All-American, was this guy, Ahmad Gardner. Mm-hmm. And he's playing better this year than he did last year. I mean, he's already got two interceptions, already got three pass breakups, and they're not even throwing on him. I mean, he's, they, they've got, he, he's allowed six receptions so far in, in, in this season. Six receptions. It is amazing what he's doing out there, being a lockdown corner. And he's going against SMU this week. SMU's got a high-octane offense. You know they're going to throw it probably 40, 50 times. Everyone knows that Cincinnati has that defense to lock down a high-octane offense like that. But the key linchpin for that team is going to be Ahmad Gardner, knowing he's probably the best corner and player on that team. The next guy is the guy that I'm absolutely in love with, and that is the Boise State wide receiver, Khalil Shakur. I think this guy is the real deal. His stats aren't anything crazy, but I think there's been a lot of turmoil with the quarterback position there the last two years. But watch out for him this year, exploding onto the scene, breaking 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, and really probably leaving Boise State a little bit early, a year early, and watch him be a day-two pick. Like, I think he is an absolute playmaker. Reminds me a lot of Justin Jefferson out out there, and that's that's high praise because you're looking at Justin Jefferson and what he's doing right now in the NFL. The very last guy I want to highlight is Aiden Hutchinson. The way he finished the year last year, he's a defensive end for Michigan, and the way he played against Alabama in the bowl game last year 
was absolutely stellar. I mean, he made those guys look like second-team players for Alabama. And Alabama's linemen, they're all top-ten picks, right? And Aiden Hutchinson completely manhandled them last year in the bowl. So can he keep up that momentum, what he developed last year, late last year, mm-hmm. and he's in against Minnesota? Both of these are top 15 teams, most likely in all college football polls. The winner of this game is going to like really propel their season to what could be a positive season. And the other one's going to have a lot of question marks. But I think Aiden Hutchinson, he's going to have to get after Tanner Morgan. And if he can get after Tanner Morgan, I think it's going to disrupt a lot of things on their offense. And that could be the reason why Michigan wins this game is for that de- defensive play and the play of Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, they're definitely going to need Aiden to come up big against Tanner Morgan, um, you know, who can throw the ball kind of all over the field. We, I know you're really high on him, and you highlighted him in our quarterback segment a couple months ago. So Michigan's definitely going to need a big performance from Aiden Hutchinson to, to – to, you know, stave off a, a, a really good Minnesota team. Uh, as for me, you know, some of the guys who got me excited this weekend, and Gilles kind of alluded to it earlier, we got new blood. And that's what I wanted to focus on this week was was players that are that are playing for the first time this year, these new conferences. The first guy that jumped out to me was a defensive back from San Diego State, a San Diego State team, by the way, that has been the top five in overall defense the past two years. And get this only gave up an average of 12.5 points a game last year. How ridiculous is that? I know we, we talked a little bit about that in the Mountain West or Mountain West Conference preview show, but that still blows my mind that they only gave up 12.5 points a game last year, but their offense was so bad they couldn't do they didn't win they didn't win a lot of games, which is insane. but this guy is the anchor to that defense. He's a, he, he'll be a four-year starter this year. He's the active leader in interceptions in the Mountain West Conference. He's more of a slot cornerback, but they play him all over the field. And he's making a run up the list of all-time interceptions for the Mountain West Conference. And on a side note, there's a guy who's number two on that list who might have the best football name of all time. He played for Air Force, guys. And I, I, I had to share this name with you. His name's Weston Steelhammer. That's Love his it. name. That's a, what a great name for an Air Force football player. But anyway, Tariq Thompson – is a is an absolute beast. I'm so excited to see him play, and like I said, anchor one of the best defenses in the country. Um, my next guy is Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback from Indiana. They play Penn State this week, and this is a big game for Indiana. You know, they had a really good season last year, especially for Indiana standards. And Penix was a big reason why. And also, they they also had another quarterback in Peyton Ramsey, who has since transferred to Northwestern. So this is the Penix show now, and. In six games last year, he flashed a ton of potential. Really, really excited. He, this is a guy who's a pure thrower. He's 6'3", 218 pounds, and can really sling the ball over the field. The biggest question mark is, A, what can he do against Penn State, who they played extremely tight last year? And, B, is he going to be able to do any damage with a new offensive coordinator this year? It's not Kellen DeBoer. Kellen DeBoer, remember, left to go to – um, Fresno State. So we'll see how he adjusts to having a new offensive coordinator, but I'm really high on Michael Penix this season, and I'm excited to see him sling the ball all around against what could be a potential playoff team in Penn State. My next guy is a big boy, 6'6", 300-pound offensive tackle from Nebraska, Brendan James. They play Ohio State this weekend. I mean, I don't think I need to say much more than they play Ohio State this weekend. You want to prove yourself as an offensive tackle? You know, he kind of flirted with the NFL last year. He put his name out there and then came back. He was the 29, he was the 2019 offensive MVP for Nebraska. And they, he's, he's probably the guy with the most draftability right now on that roster. 
Well, you want to prove to NFL coaches that you can play at the next level? Go out and show out against Ohio State. Yeah, I know Ohio State lost Chase Young, but they lost boastable. They, they just reload every year at defensive end. That's what they are. They're not only are they DBU, they're turning into DEU. Like it's insane what they do. Nick Joe, Nick Joey Bosa, the Bosa brothers, Chase Young. So they're going to have defensive ends and defensive linemen who are going to show out against Nebraska. If Braden James can hold his own, it's going to do a lot to help his draft stock. Uh, another guy I'm really excited about is Dom Peterson, defensive end from Nevada. He's a, he, well, it's a, really a hybrid. He plays defensive tackle and defensive end. He plays inside, outside. Now, size-wise, he's a little small. He's only six foot, 295 pounds. So we're not talking about necessarily a blue-chip prospect here, but this is a guy who had 15 tackles for losses last season, nine sacks. The year before that, as a true freshman, 10.5 tackles for loss, three sacks, a couple forced fumbles. I mean, this guy's a disruptor. And he reminds me a lot of the kid from Boise State Pastel, Evan Weaver, who yeah. ended up getting drafted by the Dolphins this year. Kind of that undersized type of guy, but an extremely, extremely great motor and uses Productive. his lack of yep. size to his advantage. He's got a gr- he's got great technique and he really uses his leverage to the best of his ability. So I'm really excited to see him, they, like I said, defensive end, and they take on Wyoming this weekend. And then my final guy, last but not least, my favorite player in all of college football, and that's Rondell Moore. I, I'm so excited. Love to watch that him. guy. I'm so, I'm so glad he's back. I'm so glad he's healthy. Overrated. I'm so glad he opted back. In. Yeah, overrated. He led the nation as a true freshman in receiving, but he's overrated. Crazy. 114 catches, 1,258 yards, 12 touchdowns, uh, receiving his freshman season, along with 200 rushing yards and two touchdowns as well. I mean, just an absolute dynamite playmaker. Unfortunately, ran into some injury issues last year, had a really bad leg injury, played four games. They decided to hold him out the rest of the year to redshirt him to get him healthy for this year. Obviously, COVID happened. He Was, was he not going to play? Was he going to play? He opted back in. He's the most dynamic playmaker in all college football, and it's not even close. I mean, this is a guy who single-handedly took down Ohio State his freshman season, like almost by himself. It was, in, it was one of the most incredible individual performances I've ever seen. So I'm excited to see him healthy. I'm excited to see what he can do with even more playmakers now in that offense because David Ball, in his absence last year, was a great true freshman in his own mind. I think that's only going to make Rondell that much deadlier because now they can't just focus solely on him. So I expect big things against Iowa uh, as a dog at Purdue's a dog on the road in that game. I I think they're going to uh, I think they're going to shock some people, and I think it's all going to be on the back of Rondell Moore. I think Rondell Moore is uh, going to be one of those prospects this throughout the season and off season. Where his stock just slowly keeps going slower or down the down and down. I, I think we're gonna see. I, do you not watch the film on this guy? Like he's literally on another gear than anybody else on the field. I mean, it's yeah. not like he's it's not like he's beating uh, Sister Mary's school the blind. Like he's out there dominating Big Ten opponents with no quarterback. Like if you could name me the quarterbacks that he's had thrown to him. I mean, just nobody, and he's out there just dominating. I don't know, man. I, 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 I want to see him healthy. I, I want to see him healthy because he wasn't very healthy last year, right? Like, I want to see him go out and ball out this year and improve you, right, Kenny? Um, because his freshman season was out of this world. I, I mean, this is arguably the greatest freshman season ever in, like, college football. I mean, tell, me a, tell me a guy like him that has 
been worth a top ten pick in the NFL. I don't. I, I'm. I, I'm not even saying he he could be a top ten pick. I do think his size will f- cause him to fall in the draft. I do think that's very misleading though, because he, yeah, he's only five nine. He reminds me uh, of Steve Smith from Carolina, but better. I think he's more explosive and just as good as a receiver. I, yeah. I mean, I I truly think this guy. Steve Smith's gonna, a dog, though. He's a dog. <laughs> yeah, that's well. That's the thing about this guy, man. If you look at his yards after contact, it's almost similar to a running back. Like he's a stout dude. This Rondell Moore, like you see him, you're like, oh, he's five nine, one eighty. He's yeah. a big. He's hard I think, to take I think, down. I think he's a good football player. I think he's gonna throw up some stats. I'm not gonna be shocked if he runs the if he doesn't rub sub four four at the combine next year. And at five or five foot eight, can't even rub below sub four four. I think we're gonna see him go like I don't know mid to later first round. I, I, I so I don't see it there. I see the highlight tape and it looks awesome, but on a day to day basis, man, I get he had the best freshman year, but he's gonna have to, have to he's gonna have to do the same exact thing this year to prove me wrong, really. But by the way, he ran a four three three in high school. Yeah, Just okay, uh, high school. I ran a four four in high school. <laughs> well, I mean, this was. I mean, talking about like this is at like a combine. This isn't like at like. Your local chance for high like, school. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm. I'm just saying. Like, li- we'll see, man. I, I watched the same game tape you did too, and I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was impressed. Don't. I don't make something. I don't like the kid. Like, if no one was talking about him, I'd be hyping him up too. But when we start talking top 15 overall type of player, I think that's a little high right now. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. He's he he's got a lot. Uh, he's gonna have plenty of games to show us what he's got for sure. So. Can it's getting some lines, man. I feel bad because I didn't get to I didn't get to bet last week because I went, obviously went on the show and then I couldn't even lay my bets that I had for for another reason which we won't bring up and that's okay. <laughs> but can you go ahead? It looks like you went three and one last week. Why don't you cover your uh, your picks, your bet online picks of the week? Yeah, not a bad couple weeks for me. I'm digging myself out of the hole. I I I, I got into the first couple weeks seven and two over the last two weeks. Four and one week before, three and one last week, and and that was the three and one last week. I was uh, I, I hit on the BYU Houston over. Uh, I hit on Bama and NC State covering. Uh, that was my three and one. Um, and I, on the season, I'm twelve fifteen and one. So, like I said, digging myself out of the hole. So here are my five games that really got me excited and and lines that uh, I saw that I felt were were pretty fair locks. And the first one was Iowa at Purdue. Purdue's a three-point dog. I'm taking Purdue in the points. I think with Iowa and all the turmoil they had in the offseason, uh, plus with the graduation and the losses they've had, I think Purdue is undervalued here. I really do. I think it's going to be a uh, – I think Purdue's going to have a really good offense, and they're going to – they might borderline run Iowa out of the – out of the uh, off the field this week. Uh, my second game is Houston at Navy. Houston is laying 14. I'm taking Houston and the points. I think Houston wins big in that game. Uh, my third game is Louisiana at UAB. This is a pick'em game. I'm taking UAB as a slight favorite, minus 112. Um, my next pick is Iowa State at Oklahoma State. This is a big, big game in the Big 12. And Spencer Sander, Sanders returns this week. Oklahoma State is laying three and a half points. I'm taking Oklahoma State and the points. And then my last game is Air Force at San Jose State. Air Force is laying six and a half. I'm taking Air Force and the points. You know who the best receiver in that Iowa-Purdue game is? 
Amir Smith Marset from oh, Iowa. Get out of here! Oh my God! Don't, I, don't, don't well, one, don't ever bring up an Iowa receiver on the show ever again. I can't name you one Iowa receiver. I can name you a bunch of tight ends, but not receivers. Oh, all right. Anyways, so uh, because I didn't get, I went on the show last week. I went three and two two weeks before, so that brings. My season total, guys. I'm I'm above 500 now. I'm now 10 and nine. Uh, so I got I got four plays that I really like. Uh, first one, Florida State versus Louisville. Louisville's laying the four and a half. Uh, I think Florida State last week was an absolute fluke. I still think they're god awful. I think they're terrible on offense. Still, I'm taking Louisville and the points here. Probably my biggest play of the weekend when it comes to dollar amounts. This next one's going to be interesting. It may shock you guys. So Marshall. Against Florida Atlantic, Florida Atlantic has played one game all year because of a bunch of games that have gotten canceled because of COVID. They're 17.5-point dogs. I'm taking FAU in the points here. If you really want to make some cash, they're also plus 605. Uh, so that's not a bad throw five ten bucks money line because you can make it pretty well. You, you can make some good coin doing that because I think FAU has a shot to upset Marshall there. FAU is extremely talented. They just haven't had had the games yet. So those are kind of some two interesting plays I got in the same game. Uh, Texas Tech versus West Virginia. I really like what I've seen out of West Virginia. They're laying uh, they're laying three points. So I'm taking West Virginia and the points there. And then over under for the UNC NC State game is at 60 and a half. I'm taking the over here. Both teams can score. They've shown they can score all season. Can't play a lot of defense. I think it's going to be a pretty high scoring ACC matchup. So taking the over UNC North Carolina State at 60 and a half. Plus, if, if you get the Florida Atlantic money line pick right, can we give you two W's for that? I think that's that's valid because that's a that's a hell of a reach right there. So if you get that one right, man, you can go ahead and give yourself two W's. You on know that what? Game. I think the I think the line is so high because Florida Atlantic hasn't played. I still think they got dudes over there, and I think they got enough dudes to to maybe pull off an upset, maybe. But, uh, but what I'm saying with the six oh five. You could put five bucks on there and basically make thirty bucks. Put ten, you make sixty. You no, know, you want to make some decent coin, and you got you know you take a shot right there. But I, you know, I'm taking FAU to cover that seventeen and a half. I, I, honestly, I like it. I mean, they were they were number one in their conference last year, right? That they finished first. I know they lost their quarterback with Chris Robinson, but outside of that, they have a lot of guys returning. They still so. got dudes, man. Yeah, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a big upset because Marshall and Grant Wells, like they're they're really good. They have they've beaten some pretty yeah. decent teams this year, so that would be a big money line upset for sure. Also, Gus, I love that you're high on West Virginia because I caught a bunch of crap from our listeners for saying West Virginia wasn't going to finish in the doghouse of the Big Twelve this year because I'm a big Neil Brown guy. And, uh, well, they're off and to a three and one start. Texas. They're Texas looking good, man. Coach, they're looking so, good. Yeah. Get get another win. Yeah. And I think that at least guarantees that they're going to finish in at least the middle portion of 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 the Big Twelve. That's because of their star running back, Letty Brown, on the prospect to watch this weekend. Now going to my picks. Uh, another is everything is right in the world again because I have above five hundred again. Going three and two last week. However, I did miss my money line pick, so I am overall. 15, 11, and 1, and I am 2 and 1 on my money line picks. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to go 5 and 0 this week with picks like this. I think Illinois at Wisconsin. I think Illinois gets blown out of the building. I think Wisconsin covers that minus 19.5 easily. 
Wisconsin gets its revenge because Illinois beat them last year. Yeah, wow. We were, wow. And, like and we were in yeah, you remember we were in Cincinnati during that game, Pastel. Oh, and they've been thinking about it all off season as well. I mean, I know. But by, by the way, big shout out to one of our listeners, Steve Williams. I used to coach with Steve, big Wisconsin Badgers fan. His wife went to Wisconsin. I was actually watching that game with him here in Richmond when that happened. Nice. It was crazy. Is Graham is Graham Mertz for real? Because he's going to need to be. They're, they Jack Cohn, their starting quarterback's out for a while. Yeah, well, I think Illinois is not for real. So even though they made it to a bowl game last year, I think that team stinks. And that's why I'm going to have Wisconsin covering the 19.5. Right. The next game, which I think this team stinks even more, it might be one of the worst P5 teams in the entire country, and that's Maryland. Maryland at Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern is laying 11, and I think Patty Fisher and that team is going to lay the wood against Maryland. And I think they – I won't say they blow it out because I don't trust necessarily Northwestern's offense, but I think they win that game 28-7, to and they cover the spread pretty easily. This next game, Alabama at Tennessee – Tennessee is only favored by 21 points. And I don't know what people see in Tennessee. Or say Alabama's favored by 21. I'll say, yeah. And I, and I don't know what people will see in Tennessee. So I'm going to take Alabama after they just kind of like took it to Georgia, a top four team in the nation. And I think they're going to do the same to Tennessee and do it a lot worse. So I'm going to take Bama in the points. The next game, Iowa State at Oklahoma State. This is where I think Iowa State takes it. And uh, Oklahoma State's favored by 3.5. I think Iowa State's just playing at a different level these last three games, and I do understand Oklahoma State's been playing better with better quarterback play as well. But I think Iowa State has found whatever formula they were missing game one versus Arkansas State, and they put it together this weekend, and they beat Ohio or Oklahoma State or at least covered the spread at 3.5. The next game, Michigan at Minnesota. This is pretty much a toss-up. Minnesota is uh, – they're giving Minnesota three points in this game, and I'm going to take those three points, and I'm going to take Minnesota to cover that. They're going to, uh, if not beat Michigan, they will cover those three points. And if I had to go a money line pick of the week, and I think people are going to kind of give me a little bit crap for this because no one can see Oklahoma, you know, starting out with sub-500 after like five, four or five games. But I think TCU beats Oklahoma. Wow. I think TCU, I think TCU secondary th- – think about how Oklahoma plays the football. They stretch the field, right? They throw it deep. Well, TCU secondary is probably the best – one-two combination at safety that he's going to face all year, and that might be the best one-two combination in all of college football. So you're not going to be able to stretch the field on TCU, which means you got to run the football. Well, Oklahoma's not going to run the football on anybody right now. So how are they going to win this football game? And, and that's why I can see a team like TCU that has been playing good football all year. They're going to take. Uh, they're going to take down Oklahoma this week. Wow. Uh, I mean, I, 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 it's bold. It's bold. It's just tough for me to think that. Oklahoma would start out 0-3 in the Big 12, especially coming off a bye week. But, hey, man, I I like it. You could probably make some decent cash with that one, I would think. Yeah, and to to clarify one thing, too, my money line picks would never be, like, plus three or minus three, whatever it is. Like, I always do something that's probably about a touchdown or more that you can actually make some dough on. Yeah, you're you're looking at plus 198. Yeah. Yeah, plus 198 right there. Horn Frogs, baby. Got rated like one of the top uniforms in college football this year. Hey, there you go. It's going to be interesting, yeah. Hopefully the defense that held Kansas State to 21 points shows up and not the defense that allowed Texas and Iowa State to score 37 and 31 on them. Because if that defense shows up, it might be a long game. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you know, Ladarius Washington, you know, to pass those points, one of my prospects to watch this week. Um, You know, I I tell you what, Oklahoma's going to give them all they can handle. So, you know, get Spencer Rattler to throw another kind of two, three-pick game, mate. 
may give TCU, you know, kind of an well, edge over there. He, so. And you know what's crazy about that? Like, if you look at Spencer Rattler statistically, like, he just got he got benched for having a bad couple series in the Texas game. And people were kind of like, oh, you know, he's not the guy they thought he was. Like, dude, he's got 13 touchdowns to five picks. He's completing 71% of his passes. He's averaging 9.2 yards an attempt. The only problem is he's following up two number one picks and three Heisman finalists. No, 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 no. I, I agree statistically he's played well. But when you look at it when it matters, he has not played well in the stretch. He has not played well in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I just think when the time come and crunch time happens, he has not played well. I understand yeah. they beat Texas in over, overtime, but there's a reason why he got benched last week. And well, throughout yeah, the season, he, he's he, not he played got, well. Yeah, he got benched he, early and then came back. Yeah, but every other game before that, he's been throwing one or two picks yeah. in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know what? The, but the big difference here is Baker was experienced, Kyler was experienced, uh, Rattler's still a young kid, right? I mean, he, he, I'm sorry, Jalen Hurts was also experienced. He, mm-hmm. He'll learn, and he'll learn, man. I mean, he, he's still got a lot of time uh, to develop. Yeah. Oh no, I, I'm, I'm saying the opposite. I'm not concerned about Spencer Rattler. Yeah, I'm not concerned catching, either. I think he's catching a lot of unwanted flat no. to be honest. No. Yeah, I agree with that. What I'm saying, because I want to be clear on my, my, my stance as well, is a lot of people were saying he was the best talent that we've seen at Oklahoma and that he was better than Baker Mayfield his freshman year than Baker was his senior year. And I think that was all crap, all crap. Like, I understand he is a talented person, but he is not on the same level that Baker, Jalen, or Kyle Murray were their junior and senior year. No, no, Maybe I think, as a yeah, freshman. I think, I think I think what they're saying is is this is the most natural talent he's had that that Lincoln's had. Like where he is as a freshman compared to where those guys were yeah. as freshmen. It's like you're no, saying, I mean, that, they're, that's, they're, that's that's fair. I don't think that's what they were saying before all this happened though. Uh, how I took it was they were extrapolating it. Like as a freshman, Baker, Kyler, and Jalen weren't on Rattler's level as a freshman. I think that's how they're saying it now to cover their ass. But. All right, all right, all right. Let's rein this in because this could go down a real. Now we're going to get a syntax battle, and you know, let, 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 let's get into some recruiting news. Pascal pass disrespecting now. top quarterbacks again. Oh my gosh, here we go. All right, so wouldn't be prospects one on one if we didn't cover some recruiting news. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. 
Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. So listen closely, Brandon Pastel. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Speaking of watching, I am super excited to see Cam Newton continue just to tear up the league in that New England Patriots offense. I have a question for the rest of the NFL, especially for about 10 teams who really, really could use a quarterback to take them to the next level. What were you thinking? Cam Newton is unbelievable, and I'm excited to see him win Coach Bill Belichick his seventh championship ring and win his first championship ring for himself. I'm, I'm super excited. Pepsi, it's the refreshment you need through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. A lot of recruiting news this past week. You got Forrest Pastel. First one looks like Oregon gets another big four-star recruit. Brandon, tell us a little about Dante Thornton. Dante Thornton's one of the best receivers in the nation, and he's one of the tallest receivers. He's going to remind you kind of like a uh, oh man uh, Higgins for the Cincinnati Bengals played at Clemson. T Higgins, um, yeah, T Higgins. He's six foot four, one eighty-five. His body frame has room to grow, so I can see him kind of getting up to that 6'4", 200-pound range over the next year or two at Oregon. He's the 51st uh, top overall athlete in the nation. The guy's big time. It propels Oregon's class to the top, to the number three class in all of college football. So you got to love what Oregon's doing. And honestly, they're starting, it's crazy to say, they're starting to close the gap on Ohio State and Alabama. Now, they're still a little bit, they're a clear number three is what I'm saying at this point. The other guys, Brandon Jennings, we highlighted him last week as a decommitment. From Florida State, well, he is now signed with Michigan. He's the 82nd overall player, uh, outside linebacker. Uh, Big-time player, big-time pickup for Harbaugh in that Michigan defense. The next guy, T.J. Huggins, wide receiver, and he signs with Tulane. Now, he's he's ranked 829 overall in the country, but Tulane, like, a player like this is a big-time get. And he's foot two, slight frame, 163, 163 pounds from Miami, Florida. But he's the third-best player in that recruiting class. They have another wide receiver who was, like, top 600. Their quarterback they got was the 18th-best quarterback in the nation in Ty Keys, and he was, like, a top 450 player. So, like, you got to kind of – you start seeing this trend right now of Tulane, and they're kind of trending upwards, and I like to see what they're doing down there. The last guy that signed this past week, uh, Khalil Dinkins, three-star tight end, uh, signed with Penn State University. He's out of the state of Pennsylvania. His dad, if you remember – that's kind of why I highlighted him. His dad played at the University of Pittsburgh, and he played also in on that Super Bowl-winning team for the Saints back in 2009 and actually caught a touchdown pass to beat Tom Brady in the regular season. So just kind of a, some fun facts to highlight Khalil Dinkins' dad, but great pickup for Penn State and that Nitty Lions uh, offense. Decommitments, this is something that caught my eye, guys, and I don't know if you guys want to discuss this at all, but Arizona State lost four players this past week. Four Ooh. players. Oof. Isaiah uh, Pipkin, Garrett uh, Gallette, Marcus Moe, and Charles Armstrong. Now, these guys didn't necessarily just leave because they were disgruntled other than losing their scholarship. Like, they took their scholarships away. Now, I understand that's a business, and I understand that, hey, like, if you want to find, you know, bigger and better prospects, that's awesome. But some of these guys were top, like, 800. Like, you know, like, decent quality three-star players, and Arizona State pulled their scholarship. And I'm just kind of – now I'm going to ask you guys a question, like, 
honestly, I haven't I haven't seen this too much where people get their shots or pull, especially four players in one week. But like, you think that that's right necessarily to like offer a kid a scholarship, he accepts it, and then you pull it? I don't know if it's right or not. I know it's common. I mean, that a lot of teams over recruit, and then and then if they're at their limit, and someone who's like a four star or someone who's a higher ranked recruit on their board, they talk to him and say, "Hey, I, I'm I'm going to verbally commit to you guys." then they'll yank a scholarship from a lesser known. I mean, Tennessee did it, or they'll they'll quote unquote release them from their 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 commitment. So it's not a uh, it's not a surprise. It's not anything new. Well, I think it the surprise here is that it. Well, I understand one or two, but we're talking four in a week. That I think is yeah. a surprise. Like that's over recruiting to a max. I feel like kind of. Yeah. Well, they have what? How many? They have seventeen commits now with those guys leaving. Um, and you know. Who knows where they're at with their scholarship limit? They might have had some guys that they've had targets on come out and say, "Hey, you're you're our favorite now," or "Hey, we want to come there." Could I mean, be walk-ons too, man. Yeah. Now that they're practicing, right? Could be given walk-on scholarships now scholarships because yep. you know because they need depth. So, could be a lot of things actually. I mean, whether it's right or not, Pastel. I mean, to be honest with you, it's kind of the name of the game. I mean, you know, those players are allowed to, you know, go elsewhere. Right, I mean, they're allowed to, you know, go out and try to get scholarships elsewhere too. Now, you're saying decommits. You're saying they 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 didn't sign. They just committed there, and ASU just withdrew their scholarship offers. Correct. These are twenty twenty one scholarship offers. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, withdrew. I think it. I think it's part of the game, man. I, I think it's just unfortunately it's a numbers game, and ASU either had some guys that committed and they couldn't hold anyone, or, um, you know, or vice versa. I mean. Unfortunately, it's uh, it's kind of like dating in college. Both sides, it's just very cryptic, and you know, not a lot of communication about. You know, you say a lot of things on the upfront, but you know, behind the back, you're talking to other people. You know, kind of like something. Yeah, like that. I'll say this: I think it weighs heavier on the university than it does the player. Like, if a player decommits and goes to another university, it's almost expected, right? For a university to pull four scholarships, four scholarships in one week, I think it gives scholarship more offers offers right. that were accepted. I think it looks it's a bigger black eye on the university because you just expect a little yeah. bit more professionalism, a little bit more commitment from the university. Whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, I think that's just the expectation about universities and big time universities like Arizona State, where I mean, I vice think, versa, yeah. a player. I think you kind of almost expect them to kind of change well, their mind. I think it's I think it's just. I think it's just amplified by the fact that they pulled three or four in like a week. I this like I said, this isn't uncommon. I think Tennessee's pulled like five or six guys out of their class this year because they got some unexpected higher commits. So good point. I, good point. It, it's just it, I think it's just amplified that it was all so sudden and all in one time. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if you hear about most schools, you know, pulling you know five or six guys a a, a, a season, you know, a, a recruiting yeah. season. Interesting, interesting. Pasto, was there any movement on the – any movement on the top ten? Yeah, so nothing nothing crazy on the top ten. The biggest thing I wanted to highlight, which is kind of what I already mentioned. So on this point scale, which is what we look at 24-7 sports, is Alabama and, and Ohio State. They're at 304 points, and in 304.25 and 304.22 is the difference between the two, so very, very small range. Well, then you have Oregon at 285.10. And then below that, Clemson, LSU, USC, Michigan, they're all around the 270 range. So when I said, like, Oregon kind of separated themselves, they did by making the kind of a middle ground between Clemson and then the top two schools. So, like, they are now the clear-cut favorites to be number three. 
And they, this has kind of been a theme, Glessner, probably for the last month and a half. Like, Oregon has been picking up recruits, I feel like, they every are. other week. And, yep. and every other team has kind of been losing recruits other than Georgia. Georgia, they're obviously number eight right now. Plus, I'm not sure if you were on that se- segment last week, but they have propelled themselves to be in the top ten. Other than that, pretty much everything's standard quo. Uh, I don't see anything movement even outside the top ten that's worth not- uh, uh, noting. But really, Oregon, I think, is the biggest uh, winner this week. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think I've said it three or four shows in the past two months, but got to tip your hat to Mario Cristobal and what he's doing. And you know what? He's been, been able to get those commits without Oregon playing. That's kind of wild, right? Like, it, not like he's been able to bring guys to Autzen or Oregon's been off to this fire start where they're four or five and zero, right? They haven't been playing, so I mean, hats off to him. But what they hired Cristobal for? He's a recruiting whiz. Yeah, he is, man. He recruiting whiz, a big O line guy too. Obviously, yep. he came out of the SEC. So, well, as always, you can follow and interact with us on social media, uh, especially on Saturdays. We're always on our phones watching the games. Uh, and then posting our content throughout the week. Uh, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform in order to stay up to date with all of our episodes. Uh, again, we always release our week, whatever the week in college football is. We release that show early Sunday morning to give you our instant feedback about players uh, <clears throat> or just kind of the overall outlook, what happened the day before, players that stood out, players that fell. A lot of great uh, more college football content coming up as well with all of our Wednesday shows. Please give us a five-star review. Appreciate you spreading the word. For for Pastel, for Kenny, I'm Gless. Enjoy week eight of college football. The wait is finally over. Football is back. My soul cries out hallelujah. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.